Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Looking to get side of Fon, LaFondra, away from David, 3-1 running, three points running. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, that was a weird old game yesterday, wasn't it? Ultimately, frustration for Reading, giving away a 3-1 lead and ended up with a 3-0 against Queen's Park Rangers. Clearly the biggest club in London. At least that's what they think they are. To help me talk it through it, I've been joined by Matt Lansley. Hi, Matt. Morning, Paul. How are you doing? Uh, uh, kind of still living off the vibes of uh, Radicanu winning the uh, US Open last night. Let's forget about Reading FC there for one second. But I've also been joined by Alex Everson. Hi, Alex. Hey, Paul. So that was, uh, I don't know really what to think about that game. If you just looked at it as a neutral, you would have absolutely loved that game. There was calamitous defending from both teams. Loads of goals, loads of chances. But ultimately, we come away from it, finished 22nd in the league. We've got the worst defensive record in the whole of the championship. But we've also got one of the best attacking records for goals in the championship. What's your mood at the moment there, Matt, about Reading Football Club? Um, I just, I, I don't think anyone really knows what to think. I, well, I think the underlining factor is just how poor defensively we are because to, I think, I think we've got, I think it's, it's either the fourth or the fifth best attack in the league, but you know, we've, 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 we've scored 10 goals and we're in, uh, in six games and we're sat in 22nd, you know, and it's like, it's, it's, it's almost getting to the point where we don't need like, 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 like the old adage is that you need three goals to win a game. Well, we don't need three. We need four or five to win a game at this rate, you know, with the rate of which we're conceding. And like the quality of the calamitous defending that we're doing is just amazing. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, we, something needs to happen with the defense and we'll touch on it. But it's just, it's, it's a debacle at the moment, the defending. Yeah, it's absolutely horrendous, isn't it? Uh, we look at the changes that we saw yesterday. We saw a red and debut for uh, Berber Roman. Um, Alan uh, Halovic also comes in for his first start. Those are two changes that you had to be happy when you saw them there, Alex. Yeah, um, Halilovic played it quite well when he came on against Huddersfield. So I don't really think that one was a massive surprise that he started. And I mean, we didn't really have a choice but to start with... Um, with Blabberam and left back, given that there is no other left back at the club. The um, 
the kind of exclusion, I guess, of, of Scott Dan and Danny Drinkwater completely from the squad was a little surprising. Uh, I did I, I read before the game that they were injured. I hadn't seen any updates since then. I haven't I have to say I haven't really gone looking for one, but uh, that was a little disappointing that they were already not available for the first I saw game. that pre game and you've gotta you've gotta just wonder. Like I saw one comment, I think it was on the Jonathan Lowe tweet, just like asking like are, are they reenacting the hung, hunger games or something in training? They must be. They must be because like how how can Scott Dan and Drinkwater already be injured? Like I don't know if that I I I, I can't remember if, if Panovich touched on it after the game, but if they're already injured, Jesus <laughs> Is it a matter of not fit enough rather than actually injured? I'm not quite sure. Drinkwater played all pre-season for Chelsea, so you'd have to hope Mm. it's not that. Um, The only, I mean, the only other change, the only other change which uh, which was exciting at least was Ajaria back in the side. Um, That was really pleasing to see because I didn't really expect him to start yesterday, so it was it was good to see him. Kind of come straight back into the starting lineup, um, and then Rinomota's injured as well, so that injury list just keeps getting ever longer. Yes, the injuries I don't know what it is that they've got at the training ground, there must be some kind of um uh, black hole that players just go down, and then you didn't, you don't even kind of like you go in it, you, you have three options one is a seven month off, or you could get two or three months, or you will be fine, just who knows, it's the randomizer. What we'll find out probably against uh, Peterborough before the match, there will be a new injury. Uh, we don't know who it will be yet, but there will be someone who has got struck down by the Bearwood. I'm trying to think of something. Curse. The Bearwood curse. The Bearwood it's curse. It's not even Bearwood, though. Would be, but it wasn't quite as simple as that, was it? It's not but, even Bearwood, though. It goes back to Hogwood. It goes back years. It just keeps <laughs> happening. It's crazy. <laughs> Are you basically blaming the physio department for our decline there, Matt? Well, something has to be looked at because it's just getting laughable, isn't it? We're joking about, like, like what are they doing in training? Like, uh, like, like I, I think I, I think the idea of the fact they're doing the Hunger Games isn't, isn't that far off, to be honest, because they drop like flies and, you know, everyone just seems to be dying there. So it's, I don't think that's far off, to be honest. Like, Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what's happening at all there. But let's move back to the game. <sighs> QPR look the better team for the first 10 minutes, 11 minutes, and they get their first goal. <sighs> We're going to go into the zonal marking now and bring that up, Alex. Thoughts on zonal marking? Tick that box. You have to talk about that on every single episode at the moment if you're a Red FC fan. It's shocking our defending again, isn't it? You look at either side and there's a player's completely free to head the ball back into the area. Um, what do we do about this? I don't, I don't have a simple answer. Uh, of, I feel like the simple answer from a lot of people listening is probably going to be, let's go man to man. And uh, maybe that would work. The, yesterday, though, if you were man to man yesterday, it wouldn't have mattered because Davies ran around the back of, um, I think it was Ajaria at the back post, ran around the back of him, and he, Ajaria didn't know he was there. He's got so much time to head the ball back across and set up a chance, it, it, it just, it's a, it just abysmal. And QPR clearly know, they clearly had worked on that as an idea because they did it multiple times that they overloaded the back post. And 
Reading didn't seem to ever switch on to it during the game particularly. And I don't think there's an easy answer except they're going to have to keep working on it because at the minute we're basically starting games 1-0 down every week because we can't defend set pieces. Yeah, it's not an ideal scenario at all. Um, after that, QPR have a lot of pressure. They're pushing on both downs, downs to both sides of the pitch. It was a real struggle for us. We couldn't really get any control of the match. But just then, suddenly, out of the blue, we come alive. John Swift decides that he is going to turn into the best striker in the championship. A fantastic pass there from uh, Hanovic in the 35th minute. Swift takes it so nicely, though, doesn't he, Matt? He just, he's a man who's looking confident in front of goal. Yeah, I mean, we might as well be putting him up front at this, right, with um, his, his strike rate. I think Panovic said afterwards that, 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 that you know, um, he, he's he's got the belief that he can, or, or it, uh, the, he's got the belief back in his scoring ability and his finishing ability, and it's it's showing. But, I mean, the ball from Halievich is just stunning. Like, the, like the way... The weightedness of it. I mean, it was about forty yards from the right hand side, just curled, curled in, just right into the gap between the two centre backs. And I mean, like you said, the way that Swift takes it down is just is just stunning. And to be fair, we didn't really have too much up until that point. I mean, Puskas had a snapshot before that was as baffling as anything, I think. Um, <laughs> um, but it it just gave us gave us a bit of a lifeline because, like you say, QPR had just dominated the game up until that point. I think it's not unfair to say that they had control of possession. We, we couldn't really keep the ball. I think up to that point, it was about 60, 65% possession to QPR. Um, but but yeah, Swift gave us a lifeline. And I mean, if he can keep doing that, if Halovic can keep putting balls in like that as well, uh, over the top, I mean, imagine when Zhao's back, he can start thriving off that as well. And, you know, we can hopefully go from strength to strength. But um but yeah, it was it was a fantastic, fantastically worked goal. Yeah, Halovich I thought was pretty. I wouldn't say amazing yesterday because he wasn't incredible, but he showed the the glimpses that we've heard from Birmingham City fans that he will do moments of brilliance. Later on in the match, he does something that maybe shows why he's not quite made it at the uh, bigger clubs. So we'll come on to that later. We go into the second half, then it is one haul, and we're thinking, how's this going to go? I was feeling that optimistic at halftime, Alex. I thought QPR could probably step up a few gears here. But Reading just turned it all around, really, didn't they? They just took all the momentum. Yeah, the first 20, 25 minutes of the second half was probably the best 20, 25 minutes I've seen us play this season so far. Um we were really good. We took all the momentum out of the game. QPR just looked like they were completely out of ideas, had no idea how to move the ball forwards. And we we, we you know, you know, we went 2-1 up fairly early in the second half. Um, and that wasn't, it, it didn't feel like it was undeserved. We had multiple chances going, you know, going forwards um, in that, in that period of time. Um, and obviously, John Swift got his second goal. So it was a really good start to the second half. And I don't feel like when we went ahead that it was undeserved in any way, particularly. No, no, I agree. I'm sure um, uh, Warburton wasn't particularly happy with that because uh, according to him, QPR just had everything. We didn't do anything throughout the whole of the game. But when he scores that second goal, John Swift, I'm right in line with that in the Dolan. And it's that magical split second when you can realise the goalie is not going to make it and it's just slowly going into the goal. I mean, it's not that slow, but it feels really slow. 
And you just love it when that happens because so many times you think, oh, that's going wide. But John Swift, Belisher, and uh, Tom Delabashura, they kind of link up quite nicely in that middle, don't they, uh, Matt? Yeah, yeah, no, they didn't, especially for that second goal. Um, I mean, lovely, lovely little one twos and everything. I mean, some of some of the interplay in the in the second half was just what was missing in the first half because it, it was just slow, it was lethargic, there wasn't much movement. But in in the second half, almost I think Swift again just takes it by the by the scruff of the neck, really. Um, but but yeah, there was really nice interplay, and obviously Delhi Bashiri probably playing as more natural position, being obviously in 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 a bit of a central midfield role rather than being out on the wing. Um, you know, he again. I, I don't think he had his best game yesterday, but you know there was moments in there, like in the build-up to to the second goal, where where you know you, you start looking and you think that's is there's there's a good player in there, um, but um, but but yeah, no, if 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 they can if they can keep keep linking up, I mean, the key is to start obviously doing that for the first forty-five minutes rather than putting yourself on the back foot like we did because we were so poor in the first half. You know, like like Alex said, it was it was chalk and cheese. Orpeton won't agree, obviously, but it's. Um, do you think it was us being poor our QPR as much as we don't want to say this? Were actually quite good. I mean, they are good, but we we were we were awful in that first half. Like we like I mean, I mean Alex Alex said you know we made it look like QPR had run out of ideas in the second half. We looked like we had no ideas in the first half from the from the get go. You know, it was it, it it was just so poor. We were trying long balls. We were trying tr- trying passes, which were just going straight to QPR. You know, I mean. I think you got to give a little bit of credit, maybe to Paunovic for changing things in the second half, uh, giving giving good team talk. I think it'd be unfair not to because the way it changed around in the second half. But um, but no, like it's, I think everyone always asks that, don't they? But I think it was probably it was a combination of both, really being. QPR yeah, I think maybe also big factors in QPR got a lot of confidence, mm. and we've got virtually zero. When we're coming off the back of a four 0 defeat at Huddersfield. Um, you're never going to feel good after that, are you? Um, the classic thing is to say, no offence, Huddersfield, but no, plenty of offence, because it's basically like losing at Reading 4-0. It's crap, isn't it? Nobody wants to do that right now. But we then get a third goal. And in the third goal, I think, kind of, I don't know what was going on there with Liam Moore turn, suddenly turning into a left winger, putting in a perfect cross for John Swift. Really nice finish, confident finish. And you're thinking, this is game, not over, but if we don't concede soon, we're all going to be okay here. But Reading FC, they don't fail, do they? They always deliver with heartbreak, Alex. And only two minutes later, we concede another sloppy goal. Yeah, um, it was great to see John Swift getting his first hat-trick on his left foot, of all things. But it took us, what? 60 seconds, 70 seconds. It felt like it was straight from kickoff, mm. uh, the second goal. And it, it felt almost like the players had gone, oh, great, 3-1, that's game over, and, and we don't need to worry about it now. Um, we were having a bit of a discussion before the start of this podcast around kind of what, what went wrong on that second goal. And the more you watch it back, the more Michael Morrison is it's just so, he's so far out of position. Um, he's come across to try and I'm not honestly quite sure why, but he's come across to try and I think to try and stop the man um, coming forwards uh, from central midfield. And as soon as the ball's played out wide, he's five yards ahead of the defensive line, and there's a massive gap for uh, for the player to come in and just slide in and tuck it home. 
and uh, yeah, it's there's definitely a, a conversation to be had about whether Michael Morrison is going to be a starter going forwards because it's not that wasn't a one-off this season. There's been multiple times now where Morrison's been caught out of position or made a mistake. Um, I, I think he's he's probably. It, it, he may, he may not get blamed for the third goal, but there's definitely a, a portion which you can look at and say, oh, well, that's it's not great. Um, but the second goal is, is really, really poor in terms of his positioning. And it's, you know, it's a tap-in for QPR from, from six yards once the ball gets played across from the right-hand side. And then you've got backs to the wall for the last, what, 15 minutes or so, um, when in reality, if you manage to see out the next two or three minutes after we'd, um, after we'd gone 3-1 up, it could have been a fairly comfortable, fairly comfortable victory. Yeah, um, it could have been, and maybe it should have been. But talking more about Michael Morrison, I'm not quite sure what's happened there. Maybe it's since the injury that he had um, at Barnsley. It didn't quite work out, didn't he? Came back maybe too early. Um, the, the is he the player in worst, or is it age, or is he just out of he, form there, Matt? I'm not sure. Um, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because he's he's only is he thirty three, thirty four? You know, like I mean, with with the experience he has, you don't expect him to be making these mistakes. I think that's one of the fundamental things with the experience he's had and what he was showing really in the last two seasons. You know, he was probably the best defender over the last two seasons that we've had. You know, I think when you look at it, but this season it's just been like. It's almost like the lights have gone out, you know, it's like and he's making just simple, simple errors. I mean, basic errors. I mean, like, I don't know if they're being pointed out to him. You'd be you'd hope they would by the coaching staff. I mean, you'd probably hope that he'd be realizing these errors, but they just keep coming back week on week on week. And like you say, I think serious conversations have to be had on whether or not he starts going forwards. You know, Liam Moore's getting a lot of the blame, obviously being the captain. But I think when you look at the two of them, Morrison is just he he's at, at at the moment he's the one that's making mistake after mistake after mistake and like I mean well I I would have thought if Scott Dan was fit you know he'd be coming straight in or I'd probably be bringing him straight in but I mean it's it like like it's like I say it's it's a really really weird one because he's been so so good for us for two seasons and this season it's just been almost just chalk and cheese to to the last few seasons I don't know what what your thoughts on that were Alex but. Yeah, so one one kind of uh, issue I've got with it is that it's not it's not to do with his pace. It's not to do with the fact that people might say, "Oh, he's, he's getting older and he's lost a yard." These are like positioning errors, um, and they're, they're they're almost mental errors. And the second goal, I, I feel like it almost comes back to the discussion that we have pre the international break around. Um, the fact that the two sitting midfielders are now splitting and, and going wide. And I feel like Morrison is almost, especially for this second goal, it feels like Morrison feels like he needs to fill the space because no one else is there. And but last the, season, he wouldn't have had to do that because we the had thing two is though, sitting in front of him. For the for the second goal, Delhi Bashir and Tom Laurent are actually, uh, Tom Laurent, uh, Josh Laurent are actually on 
on um, uh, uh, the midfielder who's driving forward. He plays out wide. Like th- th- there's no reason for Morrison to actually come out because yeah. because um, you know Lauren and Delhi Bashir have actually got it relatively under control. Like when when you actually look at it, there's no reason for Morrison to be pushing out and lunging out like that. It's 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 an error you'd see from an 18 year old, not a 34 year old. You know that 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 mistake because there there is just no reason for Morrison to come out. No, basically, I agree. There isn't any reason, is there? And that is a bit of a problem going forward. Now, two minutes after this incident of the QPR second goal, we come to George Puskas. I've deliberately left this bit until now because George Puskas has been talked about so much on this podcast. He has a free header in the centre of the goal, I'd say, and there's enough power in it. It's going in the right direction, apart from not the direction of the goal. If he scores that goal, makes it 4-2, the game, well, we never know. We never know for certain. But you feel even we couldn't have cocked that up. That would have taken the momentum out of QPR. Um, it's not impossible. We still could have managed to cock it up. But as much as the manager's taking a lot of stick for the substitution of taking him off, yesterday we saw two sides of George Puskas. His hold-up play was a lot better yesterday. And his ability to get into position to shoot. But yesterday he showed all the issues that we've got with Puskas in front of goal. He shoots too soon. He shoots too late. Or the shot is absolutely awful. Or the header is bad. It's like, I'm not quite sure what we're going to get. He needs to score a goal at some point And maybe it will change. Because there were some positives. And effort was 100% there. But I just don't see him as him scoring many goals in the championship because there was one point when he actually tried to chip the goalie when through on goal in the second half and he gets on the end of his own shot. Now, Alex, that's not a good thing, is it? No. Um, his first touch for that was actually really, really good as well. That was mm. the thing. And it almost looks like he tries to lob the keeper. And you're like, you, you, when, when I was watching it, you just think, you're struggling to score clearly, and I get that football players, you know, want to do the do the impossible, as it were, sometimes. But you've brought the ball down from a really quite tough range. Take a touch. You've got a little bit of time, and you can take a decent shot off on goal. And instead, he's tried to do the, you know, tried to do the spectacular. Um, as you say, effort-wise. You couldn't fault him this day. Really did put himself about, and I actually think he had a reasonable game. But the problem is, is he had a reasonable game, but in front of goal he was just bad. There was an air kick from six yards, which you know he swiped at. The header was poor. Uh, the shot in the first half that he took from a really really tight angle, uh, which was. Uh, you know, during the first half, I, I was at least pleased he took a shot because he hasn't even been doing that in recent weeks. But the the decision making on it was was poor. You, you definitely had more time than that. You could have set yourself up for a much easier chance. It's disappointing because when you've got a player who's who, who is so kind of out of form, and you you people were criticizing him in terms of his hold at player no he's not Lucas Zhao and he's not doing the same role yes that's true but if you get if you get that kind of play from him yesterday outside the box that's fantastic but if he's not going to be able to do anything in the box then it 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 almost 
it doesn't quite make it irrelevant, but it's it's so difficult to to kind of see him succeeding. Um, and I feel like this run of games up until Christmas is is going to define the rest of his, you know, probably the rest of his Reading career, and definitely where he ends up next because it's going to be the longest run of games he gets before he goes to a new club, probably. Um, and at the minute, I don't see him scoring more than three or four goals before then. I just can't, I can't see how he's going to do it. Yeah, I mean, his best bet of scoring at the moment is penalties. He needs a penalty for confidence. And I, I think he will get some goals at some point because if he's there long enough, you will get some chances. And he definitely had chances yesterday. But I don't, I don't know why. It's just, I, I know people will be listening to this and they'll be saying, yeah, stuff will come indirectly from what he's doing. And I, I agree, sometimes maybe that will happen. And they'll be saying, oh, he had that great game against Cardiff. He also scored the, I don't know. We need to get away. We need to get away yeah. from this. this Three-minute hat. It was yeah. two, two years ago now or three years ago. Yeah. It was a long time ago, I want him to be good, but he's just, I see YC as a player who's absolutely bang average in front of goal. And in fact, they're not even average in the championship in front of goal. They're below average. And if... We had Jao, he'd be ahead of him. We had Mate, he'd be ahead of him. And at the moment, in front of goal, just alone, you'd put Aziz ahead of him. I mean, so you'd probably say he's fourth choice. Now, this is his moment to grasp it. And as a striker, that's what he's going to get judged on, is how many goals he scores. And if he doesn't score goals, the pressure's going to build on him massively and the rest of the team, because... As much as they say positive things about him in the press and all those kind of things, do they have any confidence when they feed him a chance? Because at the moment, you, you wouldn't, Matt. No, and I think that's that's a big thing as well. Like to be honest, and and to be fair, it's it, it, it's it's a really difficult one because, like 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 we said at the start, you know, I, I, for the. For the strikers, for the for the attacking players, all of them, like I think, they're probably feeling feeling pressure from behind because they know that the defense is so poor. But when they've, I mean, the like, I don't know if it's if 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 it is that to be fair because we are still scoring, you know, we we we, we are still scoring. But you know, Puskas, it's it, it's it's an odd one because he's he is getting chances. I mean, the big one, like you say, was that header. It's 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 poor, but. It's it's a it's and it's 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 just tough to pick Puskas out when there's I think there's bigger areas in the team that that are the problem. Like it's it's we, yeah, I think that is one thing to point out. We have scored ten goals and Puskas has played up front for the majority of those games. It's not it's not the main area of concern, but certainly if for him as a person, he's going to have to score goals, right? Otherwise, that's for his own just his, his, yeah for him in his career he's going to have to score at some point soon because otherwise his career is going to go down the pan very very quickly yeah quicker than that formula one car in the background there yeah <laughs> <laughs> no i yeah george Piskus is not the reason that we didn't win yesterday um there's absolutely no doubt on that the right major problem we didn't win yesterday is because we can't defend but it's a problem is is that he's the striker that we've got no one's going to come in and replace him at the moment. Maybe we will sign another striker. Who knows? Andy Carroll may come in and play one game. But we just don't know how that's going to work out. So I'm talking about it as, a, as an issue kind of like going forward. 
I'm definitely not pinning the blame for him yesterday or any of the other games that we've lost on him. That would be a stupid thing to do. So we have got another game coming up very soon, thankfully, uh, I think. I'm not sure. Peter no, Brigham. Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. And what I mean, I say I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's a good thing or a bad thing because that is, it's ridiculously early, but that is a must, must, must win for Panovic. He has to win that match because the pressure on him is building hour by hour. And if we don't win that game, whoa, that's going to be bad news for him. Redu Berkshire is going to be pinging with texts in, isn't it? It's going to be absolutely flying. So, Matt, scoreline for that one? Uh, for Peterborough? Yeah. Uh, I think we will beat Peterborough. I mean, I think uh, it's it it is a six pointer. I think it is a six pointer. Um, I'd be I'd go with the win. I'd go with two one. Um, like I do think there's that 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 there's enough there to to be looking at a win um, against Peterborough. Yeah, hopefully. And I just remember the trauma of the third goal against us uh, yesterday. It was absolutely horrific. I, I think I maybe I blanked this one out, Alex. You've pointed this out to me. Um, yeah, that was absolutely crap, wasn't it? The third yeah, goal. yeah. I mean, I didn't want, I didn't, I didn't want to point it out to you, to be honest. But uh, I feel like it's probably worth reminding people that yeah, we didn't actually win three two. We did, we did end up collapsing. And unfortunately, I feel like this one again, is probably a Michael Morrison error. Um, Liam Moore has come across to cover the cover the runner. And when you're playing free at the back, you really need your defence to, to move as one, especially the free centre-backs. And Holmes, Morrison and uh, Yeardom are in the centre of the field. And the phrase to steal from Matt Lansley before the podcast is you could throw a coat over the three of them because they're so close together. And the gap that Morrison and Moore leave between them is ginormous. It's just absolutely ridiculous for the pass to be played into. Um, and once that pass gets played into that gap, I mean, from there, it's, it's you know, it's it almost it's almost inevitable. Raphael makes a reasonably good save. Um, and then you've got Johansson on a rebound, which is just, you're never going to stop it. Um, you know, uh, Holmes has been bought on to play five at the back, which... I feel like there's there was definitely some discontent with with us going defensive in that final ten minutes um, from from fans and, and people didn't necessarily like the decision. I, I personally, I don't necessarily I don't mind the decision of going five at the back. I, I don't think it's a terrible idea to try and you know stop shut the game out essentially. Um, the issue I've got with it is it I don't really buy taking George Puskas off to do it. You, you end up with no real outlet up front because you put John Swift up there, which, you know, we don't really, John Swift's not going to be able to hold the ball up on his own. Um, and then, I mean, before the third goal, we've got the issue of like, just naivety from players when we're winning three, two, um, which I mean, someone else can, can kind of go through, but before QPR even scored, I was already raging at the fact that we just were so kind of uh, yeah naive to to the game state and and where we were in the game. Yeah, I don't know what Halovich was doing. I don't know if people remember this, but 
maybe about 30 seconds, probably even less than that before QPR score the third goal. He is com- quite a lot of space on the right-hand side of the pitch. No, not many Reading players around him, obviously, because we're trying to see the game out. He could have easily run nearer to the corner flag with the ball. Probably would have given away a throw to QPR. It would have been scrappy, but the whole team would have been in a position then. Instead of playing a cross-field pass that was highly unlikely that a Reading player was going to get on the end of, then moves the whole of the team across. So they're out of position slightly. And I'm surprised the player that's played that many games did make that kind of mistake. Players make mistakes. He did have a good game otherwise. But as much as the substitution by Panovic has taken a lot of stick, you've got to say, and I agree with you, Alex, the decision-making by a lot of the players really is not helping him. And the amount of times we were playing one-twos right outside our own penalty area. And you think sometimes you it's not beautiful, but sometimes you just got to hit that ball long, reset, and not let QPR get down the sides because that's how they were going to score. That's the whole threat. Centrally, we looked okay. It wasn't, you know, the if they're going to score from long range, okay, we're always worried about Raphael from long range shots, but they weren't getting many of those away. But who would you bring on there, Matt, in that substitution? Maybe Clark instead? Yeah, yeah, no, like I think I think taking off taking off an outlet up front. I mean, like if 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 you're gonna if you're gonna go that defensive, you you know you've got to at least have someone up top up top that can try and win win the ball, win flick ons, and Swift isn't going to do that. You know, like like could could Swift Swift do a job up front for a team during a game? Possibly, he's showing he's got the goal scoring ability, but like I mean, at the end of the game when you need. Or if 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 that was what Panovic wanted to do, and it certainly looked like it, just clear every opportunity, lump it forwards. You know, you don't want to be lumping it forward to Swift. You want to be lumping it forward. I mean, even to Puskas because Puskas did a better job today of hustling the back four. But if you're going to take him off, bring on bring on Clark. You, you, you know, it's it's. It, it was it was a very confusing one, but like I completely agree with Alex. I mean, as much as you know, you're looking at the substitution and, and the defending, the game management has been seriously poor you know that last season was something that certainly in the first half of the season we were doing relatively well we were managing games very well we were seeing games out very well that slipped away towards the end of the season and it's just continued this season I mean you know to like everyone's gonna everyone's gonna look at it you know to 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 throw away a 3-1 lead even something's not right there. Something's not right with game management. And yeah, like say, Halovich doing crossfield passes, even Swift, to be fair, Swift was a little bit criminal of it. He was trying little, little backhill flicks and stuff. Moore tried a long pass as well. Yeah, it was, it's all of them, right? Moore, Moore's free, Moore had a free kick with two minutes left, which he knocked 30 yards forwards. Deli Bashiru and Laurent Trang one twos outside the area. Halovich trying a 40 yard crossfield pass. It's three minutes left of the game, lads. Just see it out, put it in the corner. Like it's it, that was the most infuriating thing. Um, yeah. Yes, we conceded, which is way worse. But come on, like you're all professional footballers. Let like let's see some actual, you know, a little bit of just intelligence on the football field. There would have been delightful. Do you think we saw maybe a little bit of panic there from players mentally? It was kind of they were trying to be yeah. keep it cool, but actually. They were trying to keep it too calm when actually 
you need to go into a different mode. It's it's easy to say that we're sat here or sat in the stands. You're not involved in lighting minutes of running around and the pressure that comes with that afterwards because they know if they concede that third goal, I mean, as bad as the third goal was, and that was bad, if QPR had won it right at the end with that chance, um, that would have ruined Christmas, Easter, all bank holidays, Ren Festival for the rest of my life. <laughs> hold the club, literally get, yeah, it, get, it, get, club. get it all done. <laughs> um, like, 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 I mean, a lot of it though, it, it, it comes down to the run that we're on. You know, the, the run that we're on, we're, we're on such a poor run of form. I think that's, it's, it's going to happen with, with players. It's going to happen with the team. Um, they, they, they need, they need a break. They needed somewhere where they'd have to be able to, you know, cut to, to see that game out they didn't is yeah hopefully they'll hopefully they'll 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 move forward from here but we'll we'll have to see great so thanks a lot for listening we'll be back with a pod after the match against peterbridge united hopefully must, i'll do a better job win. so yeah it is a massive must be i don't want to go through it again though because uh these things uh, can go on forever. So hopefully I'll do a better job of hosting this podcast uh, next time, being a bit shambolic, I must say. But we'll also be back with a preview pod with Matt Williamson that will be coming out on Friday for our game against Fulham, which I'm already massively concerned by. I don't think that's going to end well. So cheers. Thanks a lot for listening.